0: Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg shoots This is episode 29 of the 2023 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft-eligible prospects to get you ready for the NFL draft, which is just 10 days away. That's right, Thursday, April 27th, Kansas City, Missouri. I can't wait. You know, really, when you look at this now, the franchises all have their draft boards set. That'll ultimately dictate what they want to do on draft night. Do they trade up? Do they trade down? Do they stay put? Really, what's going to happen? A lot of that's going to play out. Obviously, all three days of the draft. The first round really gets all of the the hype, gets all the you know it's on prime time there on Thursday. Uh, but obviously all three days of the draft are going to matter. The teams that are able to draft not only on day one, but two and three are the teams that ultimately you know, we're seeing in the playoffs. You look at Seattle, they had a home run with all three days of the draft, and you see what it did for them. That was an organization where we weren't really sure what we were going to get out of Seattle. And what do they do? They wind up making their way to the playoffs, and obviously Geno Smith had a career year. That's really part of the fun really getting to see what those draft boards look like seeing who they're targeting and when and really what I'm trying to do with these positional rankings is try to identify really who the players are that are going to be coming off the board in each round of the draft and I think really when we're talking about these rounds you're really looking at it in tiers right beyond when you get past the third round when you're talking about day three who are the guys going to be you know 4th, 5th round, 5th, 6th, 6th, 7th, possibly 7th or undrafted free agent. That's really kind of how you have to look at it because once you get into day 3, kind of all bets are off in terms of really trying to forecast it because there is a lot of movement. A lot of teams are really looking at what's going to be their best fit. And so it's really hard to predict exactly where these guys are going to go, but we're going to try to do it anyway. This is the first positional ranking for the defensive side of the football leading up to the draft you know and I really tried to start it a a couple of weeks ago talking about quarterbacks we went through the entire offense now we're talking about the edge rushers and obviously this is where we have you know the, the, the money makers right the guys at the top of the draft but you're also going to be taking a look at guys who can still get after the quarterback that you're going to want to take a look at on days two and three of the draft this is a really deep edge rush draft class and I think that's what makes it so exciting now, when we look at it, obviously we're going to have some guys that are going to be outside linebackers and defensive ends. So it's kind of hard to go back and take a look at, uh, you know, take a look at at the edge rush per se. Uh, but what we can do is at least look at the defensive ends and kind of talk about, talk through what we see there, and take a look at the uh, the linebackers and see who might else fit into these these groups. So back in 2018, we had 22 defensive ends taken. If you think about that. Bradley Chubb, Marcus Davenport were the only two that came off the board in round one. Harold Landry, Tyquan Lewis, Lorenzo Carter all have made an impression for their teams. They were all taken on day two. Sam Hubbard falls to number 77 overall. We know the impact he's made for the Bengals. Rasheem Green, Arden Key have been nice veterans. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong has been a nice backup for the Cowboys. He came off the board in round four. Josh Sweat. 130 overall. Seriously, going there there to the Eagles. Uh, Ogwe, Og- Ogrencwo, uh, you know, he was drafted by the Rams. Went to the Texans. Now he's with the Browns. He, he's looking to pair up with Miles Garrett. So really, as we're doing this, and, and I should back up and really explain the fact that you know, in order to go forward, we've got to really take a look at what's happened in the past. And when we talk about the past, we want to you know at least see where we've been to kind of predict what the, the draft class is going to look like. Here for 2023 so if we take a look at the the outside linebackers who can be considered edge rushers and you know Uchenna Nwosu came off the board number 48 overall to the Chargers he's there with Seattle now he's entering a contract year um, you know you're expecting some big things out of him there um I think that's really what you're going to see there 2018-wise. 2019, obviously we know Josh Allen to the Jaguars coming out of Kentucky, number seven overall, really made a big impact. Brian Burns, number 16 overall as well, going to the Panthers. Uh, These guys were kind of slated as outside linebackers coming into the draft. and We know in the case of Brian Burns, he's really been uh, that that defensive end. Chase Winovich, uh, an edge, round number three, number 77 overall he's a guy that's been a nice role player and uh you know i think really when you look at the the linebacker position 2019 that's about what what you're looking for uh with that group when you transition to the defensive ends this was the year obviously nick bosa came off the board number two overall Cleveland furrell really a disappointment there mike mayock trying to go with the with the clemson tiger ultimately been really a bust for, uh, for a number four overall pick. Rashawn Gary has battled some injuries, but, you know, 12 overall. When he's healthy, he looks like he can be dominant. Montez Sweat was a steal there at number 26 overall to the Redskins coming out of Mississippi State. Um, you know, LJ Collier just really didn't pan out for Seattle. He was the other guy taken in round number one there, number 29 overall. Uh, Zach Allen has been a nice pick there for the Cardinals. Uh, first pick in round number three, number 65 overall. He's now with the Denver Broncos. Max Crosby. Holy cow. How in the world did he fall to the fourth round? 106 overall coming out of Eastern Michigan. We've got a guy coming out of Eastern Michigan that's going to be an edge rusher in this year's draft as well. John Kaminsky, fourth round coming out of Charleston. Charleston. Small school. We've got a guy coming out of Ferris State this year that we're going to be talking about that could fall, come off the board right around that same range. Uh, Charles O'Mennon, who has been a nice role player, came off the board there in round number five in, in 2019. 2020, just two edge rushers taken in round one, which is crazy, at least from the defensive end position. You're talking Chase Young. You're talking uh, and Chase on. Chason. Chason really hasn't panned out. Chase Young's been battling injuries. Uh, you know, Yitra Gross Matos coming off in round number two. Daryl Taylor to the Seattle Seahawks. You know, he's he's been able to produce a little bit. A.J. Epinesa there for the Bills. Uh, he's been a nice role player. A lot of these guys are going to be role players. Alex Highsmith, round three, 102 overall. We know the impact that he's made there with the Steelers, especially when T.J. Watt went down. Um, Alton Robinson, Round five to the Seahawks. He's been a a nice find there. How about Michael Dana uh, there for the Chiefs? Falling all the way to round number five, number 177 overall. We know he started his career there at Central Michigan, transferred to the University of Michigan, and uh, was a guy that, uh, you know, he he just looked the part. It was just one of those things to where he didn't get a ton of reps, but, you know, he's been a nice rotational piece. If we look at the linebacker position, we go through it. Josh Uche came off the board uh, in the second round, number 60 overall. Uh, he just hasn't really uh, shown the explosiveness that you're really expecting from him. Zach Bond, you know, the Saints. He's finally starting to get some playing time. Third round, number 74 overall. Um, so th- this was a draft, really, uh, you know, not a ton of, of depth there, really at the top of the draft. Uh, more depth there really in the middle more than anything else. You look at, at 2021, we had 28 edge rushers taken. This is where, where Jalen Phillips came off the board, number 18 overall, and then really we kind of had a run, right? 21 was Quiddy Pay, 28 Peyton Turner hasn't really panned out. 30 overall, Gregory Rousseau. This is the year that the Bills decided to go back-to-back back in terms of their, uh, their defensive ends. Uh, doubling up with Carlos Basham, Boogie Basham, there, number sixty-one overall. Seven picks before that was Deo Adegbow. Even with the knee injury, he still came off the board in the second round. Uh, Joseph Osai. You know, we know what what happened there in the in the playoffs. The late hit on on Patrick Mahomes. He was a third-round pick. Um, Ronnie Perkins. Really, you know, coming out of OU, expecting big things, just hasn't really been able to see the field a ton there with the Patriots. Cam Sample uh, out of Tulane, raw, but uh, definitely talented there with the Bengals. Rashad Weaver has shown some promise with the Titans. He was also a fourth-round pick. Uh, So... This was a draft class uh, again. Um, you know, an interesting group. Nobody's really separated themselves. Really had a breakout. I think if there's anyone, it might be Jalen Phillips. Although you know, we haven't seen him quite you know fulfill his potential just yet. Um, moving to the linebackers, we take a look at that group. Um, obviously, Micah Parsons is the guy that you have to talk about, right? Number 12 overall bit explosive, whether it's at, at defensive end as a linebacker. The guy just knows how to get home, how to get after the quarterback. Uh, you know, Odafe Owe, 31 overall to the Ravens, kind of up and down. You know, we knew that he was going to be a little raw. Joe Tryon, uh, Joyinka coming off the board to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number 32 overall, really a, a another guy who uh, kind of up and down you know, you're expecting a little bit more out of him. Hopefully, you know he can make the, the transition this year and really start stepping his game up a little bit. Um, Aziz Ojulari has been a nice find for the Giants at number 50 overall. Really good value getting him there. Baron Browning, you want to see a little bit more out of him. You know, in terms of being an edge, he's more of a linebacker. Really, um, 105 overall there to the Broncos. Um, so that's really your your edge group at both linebacker and defensive end in 2021 and then if you look at 2022 defensive ends you know we had 19. so really kind of a, a down year in terms of the overall depth but uh, obviously at the top of the draft we know what happened trayvon walker aiden hutchinson Kayvon thibodeau one two and five to the jags lions and giants respectively Jets able to get back into round number one, 26 overall to get Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. George Karloftis at the end of round number one. Josh Pascal, look, you know he, he's battled back from some injuries. Looks like you know he's going to be a, a nice find there for the Lions in round number two. Same goes for the Cowboys with Sam Williams coming out of Mississippi, also a second round pick. Jury's still going to be out on guys like Alex Smith. I'm sorry, Alex Wright, Cameron Thomas, uh, MyJ Sanders. All coming off the board in round number three. Um, you know, JJ Barre is another guy for the Packers, uh, fifth-round pick, a guy that I think they're really going to start leaning on. Uh, you know, especially if Rashawn Gary, who tore his ACL in, in November, can't go at the start of the season, Enikbare is going to be a guy that they're really going to be looking to. If you look at the the, the guys that are considered linebackers, um, at least entering the draft. Uh, Arnold Ebiketti, want to see him have a more expanded role under Ryan Nielsen there with, with the Falcons taking in round number two, 38 overall. Two picks later was Boye Mafe uh, to Seattle, and, and he's another guy that uh, you know shows some promise. Um, David Ojabo for the Ravens, 45 overall, and then Drake Jackson going to the 49ers, number 61 overall. Drake Jackson, I think, it has that potential to be a, a breakout here in 2023. Nick Benito to the Broncos, uh, number 64 overall. Another edge rusher, D'Angelo Malone, uh, a guy that was highly productive for Western Kentucky, um, came off the board in round number three. I think a lot of people were thinking he was a little undersized. Still able to come off the board in round three despite all of that. Um, So that's one of the things. A lot of people had him ranked a little bit lower, uh, but we see what the production was able to do for him. In round six, the Lions get a steal. James Houston, the fourth edge rusher extraordinaire. I mean, between he and, and Aiden Hutchinson, I think they tallied over 17 sacks between the two of them. And even though he's lining up at linebacker, this is a dude that knows how to get home coming off the edge. Really a lot of fun to watch. So who's going to be this year's James Houston? That's that's really what we're wanting to find out as we go through this draft class. So let's go ahead and jump right into things in terms of my rankings, where I see everything kind of playing out. When you look at Will Anderson. Junior, This is a dude who's going to be your elite edge rusher in this year's draft class. A guy that I think uh, ultimately the Texans, if they don't get Bryce Young, they may not be satisfied with getting C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. And you've got a defensive-minded head coach in D'Amico Ryans. Get your edge rusher, and then if you want to get a a quarterback, you've got the 12-over pick. You could always move back up into the top 10 to get your quarterback or potentially even stay put at 12 and get your guy. But Will Anderson Jr. just turn on the 2021 tape, how dominant he was. This was a guy coming off the edge, 31 tackles for loss, 17 and a half sacks. But the dude also, as an edge rusher, had 101 tackles. Heat-seeking missile, flying around to the football. In 2022, everyone was expecting him to elevate the game even further. Still had 51 tackles, 17 for loss. Ten sacks, and everyone was talking about just what a down year it was for him. It took him a little ways to get going before he finally got his first sack. But, man, let's not get it get it twisted. This is a guy, you know, his get-off his elite, has a knack for flipping his hips in a hurry, attacking the hands, flattens out, gets the edge, plays at his best, I think, when he's wide, which allows him to use that length to his advantage, puts stress on the out- offensive tackle to the outside, also lacks, allows him to attack the inside in a hurry. Um, a wide array of pass rush moves, relentless in pursuit of the football, Um, can also set a strong edge against the run, and uh, uses his length to quickly stack and shed and make a play on the football. But he's not invincible. Turn on that Tennessee tape, watch uh, Darnell Wright, gave him problems with his length and power. Uh, There is some stiffness to him that can limit some of his bend. But look, this guy's a game wrecker. There's no doubt about it. If I'm D'Amico Ryans, and I'm not sold on any of these other quarterbacks. If the Panthers don't go, uh, or if the Panthers go with Bryce Young, my pick should end up being Will Anderson Jr., and then I'm looking to see if I can trade back into the top 10 if if I'm worried that the other three quarterbacks are going to be coming off the board. Because I don't think you can be settling with Davis Mills and uh, Case Keenum there at that quarterback position. I just don't. Unless they're going to be trading for a quarterback, I just don't see uh, them getting out of this draft without taking one of the one of the top quarterbacks. I just don't think it necessarily has to be at number two overall. If you can't get an elite edge rusher and a quarterback, I mean, right right then and there, you're talking about almost yeah, that, that that should be an A ranking. I don't even care what you do the rest of the draft. If you get the two of those guys that could end up changing your franchise. Number two on my list is Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech, 6'6", 271. Look, if if Will Anderson does go two, he's going number three overall to the Cardinals. Cardinals need some help there with the pass rush. Tally just 34 sacks, good for 24th in the league. Um, You know, J.J. Watts retired. Zach Allen's gone. Um, You know, no edge rusher currently on the roster. Um, You know, have more than three sacks. That was my J Sanders. And, you know, if those those stats weren't enough, then you got Marcus Golden, who's also being released. And so uh, Tyree Wilson is a, a guy that has tremendous length. You know, uses that to his advantage, both you know against the pass and the run. Dynamic setting the edge as a backside defender chases down running backs. Able to convert that speed to power to attack the edges as a pass rusher. He can attack you in a number of ways. You know from a two-point stance to a traditional four-three. Kicks inside as as the 4 i to provide an interior rush on obvious passing downs. Really gives Jonathan Gannon and company uh, some options up front. This is a guy. Not only did he have the seven sacks in 2022, but 50 pressures. You know, this is a guy that you know I, I think you know he doesn't have elite bend, but man, the length, the power, uh, the physicality, um, and, and just the overall athleticism. You know you have to be excited there. And if he doesn't, you know, if a quarterback doesn't go number two overall, then I, I think Seattle at five. Lions potentially, although I think the Lions are going corner with the trade of Okuda, could go there. And then I don't think he gets past the Falcons there at eight. I think the the Raiders would consider him if he's there at seven. And then at eight, I think the Falcons would be a no-brainer with, with Ryan Nielsen and company there. Next on my list is a guy that they call Hercules They're out of Iowa, and that's Lucas Van Ness. 6'5", 272, the junior look. I look at Atlanta, 31st in the league in sacks. They're sitting there at number eight. If they miss out on Willie Anderson Jr. and Tyree Wilson, I look at Lucas Van Ness and I would love to see what Ryan Nielsen could do with this guy. You And ultimately, if Atlanta goes elsewhere, then I'm looking at the Eagles. Eagles need, need some pass rush help, especially with Brandon Graham only signing a one-year deal, 34 years of age. Just do the math. At some point, That production is going to start slipping. You need to start preparing for the future if you're Howie Roseman. But when you look at Lucas Van Ness, the the power, I think that's really the thing that jumps off, right? The bull rush, his ability to just manhandle guys. If you put on the Ohio State tape, you're going to watch him just drive uh, Paris Johnson Jr. nearly all the way back to C.J. Stroud, who was nestled right there in the pocket. Um, But the, the power... You see him. You know the he was able to to strike. DeWan Jones spun him around. Works back around to the inside to get to CJ. Um, you know fell down. Got back up. Able to drop him for no gain. Um, the speed to power is ridiculous that's really, I look at my notes and everything is speed to power and being able to dra- drive guys back, takes on double teams uh, but he needs to work on the array of pass rush moves, that's really the biggest thing that, that you see with him um, but man, the production is is ridiculous, the guy didn't even start, they, they, they were starting Joe Evans and John Wagoner and so I, I think some of the raw rawness to his game is probably why he wasn't a starter, um, you look at what he did though 19 tackles for loss, 13 sacks, coming off the bench, right? And i use used some comparisons to J.J. Watt. Now, look, I'm not saying he's going to be the next J.J. Watt by any means, but you look at it, you know, they, they have they're the same height. They have the same length of arm, 34 inches, 6'5", 34-inch arms. J.J. Watt weighed in about 18 pounds heavier. Um, Van Ness ran a 4.71 to Watt's 4.84. Uh, ultimately, the, the 432 4. Uh, short shuttle, uh, 7023 cone drill, um, not on the level of JJ Watts, you know who was at a 421 and a 688 respectively. Um, but the production look, JJ had 36 and a half tackles for loss and 11 and a half sacks in two seasons at Wisconsin. And Van Ness off the bench in 19 and 13. Um, you know, it's just the makeup feels very similar. He's a guy that I think can be multiple, just like Brian Nielsen wants to be. So I think that's really a nice fit there for Atlanta. I think the, the upside is, is scary, though, with, with Lucas Van Ness, what he might be able to accomplish. Next on the list, in terms of edge rushers, I'm looking at Nolan Smith uh, out of Georgia, 6'2", 238. This is a guy that's going to bring a lot of energy. He's fired up all the time. You love that. He's also a leader. Um, You you saw that, he tore his his pectoral muscle, sounds familiar, that's what I'm going through right now. Um, Less than two weeks away from a doctor visit that's actually on the day of the draft, and hopefully I'll be able to get out of the sling on that day. So draft day is really an exciting day for me in a number of occasions, plus my brother, uh, it's his birthday as well. So April 27th, let's just have a, a big party all the way around. Uh, but with Nolan Smith, after he suffers the pec tear, you see him on the sideline. He, he you know, he, he didn't hang his head. He didn't sulk. This was a guy who was coaching up his team, and uh, man, you watch him in the national championship. He was just having a blast on the sideline. So physical at the point of attack, a guy that really does a great job setting the edge. Um, Ben's pretty well coming off the edge as well as a pass rusher. He just he looks a lot like Micah Parsons and Hassan Reddick. And, and you know, ran ran that 4-3-9-40. Saw the lower body explosiveness as well with a 41 and a half inch vertical leap. Um, and despite only being 6'2" and 238, he does set a mean edge against the run. Um, you know, attacking bo- blockers with violent hands can stack and shed. Uses that lateral agility and pursuit skills to chase down ball carriers. I-, I think of that. You look at the 12 sacks and you're like, oh, you know, I'm kind of underwhelmed by that. Um, I think a lot of people said the same thing about Trayvon Walker. But you know, that's one of the things that's unique about Kirby Smart's offense is he's got some guys that can be edge rushers at the next level and get after the quarterback that really were primarily stopping the run. And when you look at Smith, he was on his way to a breakout season with seven tackles for loss, three sacks, and then he tears that pec against Florida um, on October 29th. So he was really building his way forward, right? Um, you know, And the polished, polished run defender, usually you get a lot of edge rushers who – really struggle against the run. They're more situational guys. Smith is a guy that can do a little bit of everything. You love the bend. You love his ability to to flatten out in a hurry, get to the quarterback, chase him down. He, he's really just a lot of fun to watch. And so I look at him, I think the Eagles, he and Hassan Reddick and, and Josh Sweat, that would be tons of fun to watch there. Obviously he can learn from Brandon, uh, Brandon Graham as well, but I, I think high character guys, that's really what Howie Roseman's looking for. He loves guys coming out of Georgia as well. We saw that with Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean last year. So I think Nolan Smith is going to be the next guy in that group. And then finally, we got to talk about Miles Murphy. They're out of Clemson, the last guy that I think out of the edge rush group that's actually going to come off the board in round number one. I've had Miles uh, really coming off the board in a lot of different spots. At one point, I had him coming off the board at number eight to the Falcons, number 10 to the Eagles, number 15 to the Packers. All could still happen. You know, when you look at his measurables, he he looks a lot like Rashawn Gary. But the thing with him is the motor runs hot and cold. You know, when, when he's on, when he flips the switch and he's on, the guy is relentless. He gets after the quarterback, and, and you see uh, his ability to attack the edge, be able to set guys up, Across the face of the offensive line and get into the backfield with an inside rush. You love the handwork. You love the ability to flip the hips in a hurry. Dude ran a 4-5-140 at the combine. Um the athleticism is just off the charts. 6-5-268, being able to run a 4-5-1. Are you freaking kidding me? The bend is there, but then he disappears. And then when that switch is not on. You don't get that same relentlessness. And that's where I, I kind of look at the difference between him and, and Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith is going to give you high energy all the time. I just don't always see that with Miles Murphy. And that's the part that concerns me a little bit. I actually have him coming off the board 24 overall right now to the Jaguars. And I think he can very well go a lot higher. I just, I was having a hard time penciling him in because Texans, I think, may end up taking a quarterback at 12. And then the Packers sitting there at 15 may very well go with the tight end. I'm looking at the the bucks at, at 19 they could use an edge rusher i think they go off with some tackle but the jaguars they're an interesting case because you've got uh you know trayvon walker you've got uh you know josh allen you're expecting the pass rush to get better and you know doug peterson even came out and said uh during the nfl meetings in, in arizona that the pass rush has to get better you know and what's going to happen you're expecting it from these two guys You lose Arden Key, Dewan Smoots likely on his way out as well. I think that would be a great fit, and and look, you know this is a guy. The athleticism is absolutely ridiculous. You just want to see him really unleash that on every single down. And if that happens, then you know you could have really a scary edge rusher coming off there. A guy that I think could play in a a, a multitude of positions as well. Very versatile, I think, with that body type and the athleticism. Um, But he's a guy that I think could fall just because you're not sure exactly what you're getting with him in terms of is he a guy that can play consistently, play in and play out. So those are the guys that I have coming off the board in round number one. After that, there's this second tier of guys – and I swear there could be like eight edge rushers that come off the board in round number two. I just feel like there are going to be a couple of guys left out and trying to figure out who that's going to be has been has proven really to be difficult. Um, I look at Will McDonald the fourth out of Iowa State. He has a great chance of being the first guy in this group. Uh, 6'4", 239 pounds. Iowa State uh, sack leader all time. Um, a dude that just has a you know, an ability to, to get after the quarterback. Uh, 34 sacks in his career. Uh, really, you know, 2020, 2021, had double-digit sacks. Uh, this past season, did put up with, with quite the same uh, emphasis there, just seven and a half tackles for loss, and five sacks. But look, you know, he also has 10 forced fumbles, seven pass breakups. This is a guy that is just, he knows what to do. When uh, when he gets off the edge, knows how to flatten out and get to the quarterback. You love the hand usage as well. I think the bend is really what you see. His ability to to bend, get underneath the pad level of that offensive lineman, be able to turn the corner, flip those hips, and get after the quarterback in a hurry. You see the slap and rip. You, you see the swim moves. Um, you know, and I'm looking at my notes, and I've got you know he, he's drawing holds with his ability to bend, um, able to attack the inside a little bit. And then he'll he'll get back outside, two-hand swipe. Um, you know, really, he juked out Steve Avila when Iowa State played TCU. And then a speed rush up the field against Anton Harrison. Caught him flat foot and was able to work back to the quarterback with a big hit but forced a fumble in the end zone. Um, that was his 11th sack. Really an excellent speed rush and a counter move coming from him. So when you look at that, you know, that's against a couple of, of guys that that are going to be, uh, you know, in the case of Harris, it could be a first rounder likely coming off the board in second round. I think Steve Avila is another, you know, guy that's coming off the board in round number two. And Will McDonald had a field day with the two of them with some big plays. And so that's where I, I, I think he's a guy that has the ability to come off the board very, very early in round number two. Then you've got Ade Adebare out of Northwestern, 6'2", 282 pounds this was a guy that I think everyone talked about being physical at the point of attack you know we knew that there was that, that physicality to his game look he put up 225 27 times so we know this dude is is absolutely strong and uh, you know there was no question that this is this was a guy that could stack and shed a guy that could hold the point violent hands drives guys off off the ball uh, I don't think anybody really expected to see him run that 44940 at the combine. You know, 24 tackles for loss, 12 and a half sacks in his four years at Northwestern. Production didn't quite match the athletic profile, but this is a guy that has the rare blend of size, speed, and power to be a better pro. Um, You know, he's a guy that I think could potentially even kick inside uh, on on obvious passing downs. I think Kansas City, if they decide to go edge rusher in round number one, number 31 overall, I think Atabare could end up coming off the board there. Um... If the Chiefs end up going with a D-tackle in round one, I think it would behoove them to consider trading up in round two to get Adebare. Um I, I think people have him come, potentially coming off the board in the in the teens or 20s in the draft. And it's just one of those things to where I, I just, I don't know that that might be a little rich for me. You know, I, I think at the tail end of round one, get him in in round number two. Um, I look at the Chiefs, I think that's really a nice fit for him. and Mozzie Smith, who we'll talk about with the defensive tackles. I just think that those are really nice fits. I've got him coming off the board. If you were to go to my mock draft when I release it, you're going to say, "Oh, well, you've got Adibare coming off the board number 63 overall well, I think he's coming off the board in round two to the Chiefs. I just don't think it's a 63. I think KC trades up and gets him, and that's really what I'm trying to do with my mock draft is try to really figure out what team is ultimately going to be selecting these guys, not necessarily where they're going to be coming off the board. And so that's really you know, because obviously after you get past day one, you're going to see a lot of that fluctuation, right? Uh, number three on my list there in round number two is Felix Anadike Uzoma. K-State, six three, two fifty five. 255. This is another guy that has a chance to come off the board in round one. I mean, that's the thing, obviously, with the second tier. Any of these guys that we're talking about could all come off the board in round one, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, and DK Uzoma, I think he's still developing as a run defender. Exceptional pass rush specialist. 20 and a half sacks in three seasons with, uh, at K-State. Excellent burst off the ball. Uses a wide array of pass rush moves to get to the quarterback in a hurry. Heavy-handed. Plays with a nonstop motor. Really, a guy that I thought was was fun to watch, uh, just because of his playmaking ability. And look, when you look at K-State, you don't think of them as as a, a pass rush factory, but they've brought together you know quite a few guys that that can make some noise coming off the edge. And I think he may be uh, the best of the bunch that we've seen coming out of that program. Um, like I said, can be very physical um, with his hands speed to power, getting into the backfield. Um, he can set the edge, um, uses those hands to stack and shed and, and get to the outside to drop the running back. You saw that in, in the Big 12 championship, getting outside on, on Kendra Miller. Uh, but I think really his forte right now is is that pass rush ability. Uh, if he does fall the round two, I think the Lions, um, you know, I, I think you pair him up with Aiden Hutchinson and gets a team with, with James Houston the fourth I think that would really be a, a scary uh pass rush there for the Lions that I that to me would be a lot of fun to watch Keon White Georgia Tech another guy that people are talking about in round 6'5, 285 really long arms 34 inch arms I think that's the first thing that kind of jumps out to you when when you see him started his career at Old Dominion transferred to Georgia Tech and uh 14 tackles for loss, 7 sacks for the Yellow Jackets. Also third on the team in tackles with 54. Um, Really a a tremendous athlete. I think he's raw as a pass rusher, but freaky twitchiness, hustle to bend the edge, uh, chase down quarterbacks, speed to power is also evident, violent punch at the point of attack, driving offensive tackles back and collapsing the pocket from the edge. Versatility also allows him to kick inside, provide an interior rush on obvious passing downs. Can even cover running backs out of the backfield in the passing game. You know, showing that he can even run try for stride with running backs on wheel routes. Um, I look at the Rams and uh, they're sitting there at 36. And you know, if Will Anderson, you know, is another guy that I think the Rams would consider. Um, they're at 36 overall, but with Keon White, he gives them a little bit of flexibility—a guy that could could play end for them then bounce outside you know if you want to get multiple get a little crazy there then uh you know keon white's going to give you a lot of that that opportunity to do that tuli Peloto at a usc this was a guy at first i was thinking maybe he was kind of like cameron jordan they were talking about 6'4 and 290 pounds you saw some of the explosiveness the power in his hands not overly bendy um, but then he shows up at the combine he weighs in it's you know or measures in at 6'3 and 266 pounds with 32 and a, and a quarter inch arms. And you're like, well, this is not what uh, what USC was was selling there. Um, but that said, Tuli Tui Pelotu is a guy that just, he knows how to get after the quarterback. I think that's evident. The power in his hands. If you watch that combine and, and the way that he just slapped the heck out of that pad, you know, the, the guy that, that was holding the bag needs to go into concussion protocol because of the way, just how hard he hit that back. Uh, That was absolutely ridiculous, watching that. But he lined up all over the field for uh, DC, Alex Grinch there for USC, Play with his hand in the dirt, five technique, or in at the four-eye, also kind of as a stand-up, wide nine uh, technique, or roaming around the middle of the field, shooting those A-gaps as an interior rusher. Very advanced, like I said, with his hands, attacking the uh, the offensive tackle in a variety of ways with those hands. Um, Can jolt the blocker with those powerful hands. Um, He attacks the outside, can bend just a little, relentless once he flattens out. You love the versatility. I look at the Chargers, and here's kind of what I'm thinking here with with, uh, with LA. Obviously, this is a guy that's in their backyard that they'd love to be able to stay to keep him uh, in town, but when you look at him, obviously he comes off the edge and would be a nice uh, depth piece there with both Joey Bosa and khalil Mack, but the other thing that's interesting is is you look at that defensive end morgan fox 6'3 275. if Tully Tui tuipolotu puts on another 10 pounds and still has that same explosiveness this is a guy that gives them some additional options you can still put them on the field there at defensive end uh so the versatility is another thing that you have to really really appreciate there with tuipolotu um isaiah foskey out of notre dame 6'5 264 Dude ran a four-five-eight forty at the combine and uh, one-six-six 10 10-yard split. Um, when you think of Isaiah Foss I think the first thing that you have to think of is, my goodness, this dude loves the long arm, right? I mean, he, he just he uses that patented long arm, you know, the speed to power, really shortening that, that, softening the edge there good range and space as well. Um, does struggle with this bend at times, which could limit his effectiveness coming off the edge, but he, he does a good job slipping blocks, hitting the gaps downhill. Um, tremendously productive, hitting double-digit sacks in each of his final two seasons there uh, with the Golden Domers. Um, I look at the Bears. They need a presence there on the edge. I think Isaiah Foskey would be a nice fit there. Two other guys worth mentioning that could come off the board in round number two. Really process of elimination as I was looking at this. Um, These were the guys that I had falling. BJ Ojolari, they're out of LSU, 6'2", 248 pounds. Uh, Really the biggest thing for him is, if you run away from him, this is a guy that's gonna chase you down, backside pressure, um, you know, relentless with that motor. But unfortunately, with him, if you run at him, he really struggles to get off blocks and get engulfed at times. Um, But when you look at the, the ability to dip that inside shoulder, the corner in a hurry, bends very well um, the relentlessness is also there as a, as a pass rusher 16.5 uh, sacks I mentioned that 25.5 tackles for lofts, he can be disruptive behind the line of scrimmage uh, really as that pursuit defender um, I look at the Saints and I know Ojolari is a little undersized but the, the Saints look, they've got the trio of, of Carl Granderson Tano Passagno Peyton Turner um opposite Cam Jordan now that Marcus Davenport's gone I mean good lord you know these are guys that really you know, they manage just 8 sacks among them none of them look to be starters they need to get an edge rusher in there any of these guys that I'm listing off could end up coming off the board to the Saints I think Ojolari uh, will bring a different dynamic than what they currently have on the roster which isn't a bad thing uh, Derek Hall is the other guy. They're out of Auburn. 6'3", 254. This is the guy that is, is intriguing. Um, you see the, the power in his hands. Very violent with those hands. Um, speed to power. Drives him into the backfield. Uh, still needs to refine his pass rush moves um, as a speed ru- speed rusher, but non-stop motor working to the quarterback. Still going to be to his benefit. Ran a 4'5", 5'40", but uh, the 159 10-yard split was the third fastest among the edge rushers, so he's Quite capable of getting to the edge in a hurry as, as an edge rusher. Also very physical at the point of attack against the run. Use that length the leverage, to really anchor, set a really strong edge, and then be able to get off that block and make a play on the football. I, I look at Derek, Derek Hall, and he could, again, he come off the board in, in the first or second round. I just looked at some of the other guys and looked at, at really where the board played out, and I couldn't find a spot for uh, Derek Hall in round number two. Round three, though, if I'm the Raiders, you need that defensive end to, to pair with Max Crosby. See if they can light a fire in Chandler Jones, who only have four sacks after signing that three-year, $51 million deal. You know, Derek Hall could end up being that guy. So I, I think that's another guy that, that I can see coming off the board there. Round number three, surefire third-rounders. I'm looking at Zach Harrison out of Ohio State, 6'5". 274, 36 and quarter inch arms. I mean, this guy loves uh, that, but not only the speed, the power, you see the long arm, he, he uses that uh, that length to his advantage. Wants to try to overpower you and uh, use that length to soften the edge and, and bend around. Not a huge bender. Um, you, you don't see the, the flexibility necessarily in Harrison. This is a guy that, you know, I, I think he really struggled to get things going uh, there at Ohio State until his final year. That's really where he put everything together. You watch the intelligence, right? You know, I guess Georgia, the Peach Bowl. Reads the end around to Lab McConkie, the, the wide receiver. Uh, Broderick Jones blocks down. He's able to get up the field in a hurry and drop him for a seven-yard seven loss. Uh, you know, Broderick Jones beats him out of a stance on on a pass play. Uh, uses that length, gets into the body of, of Jones, um, Really slow to get his hands on him. Use that strength to bend around the edge. Nearly uh, able to swipe the ball out, uh, you know, as well. Uh, quick bursts at times, but again, it's mostly that speed to power that you're going to see more than anything else. Uh, but you love uh, his ability as well to, to take advantage of tackles oversetting against Michigan. Ryan Hayes did just that. Attack that inside shoulder of the left tackle. Use the hands to push. Uh, to work to the inside, then got to J.J. McCarthy, hitting his arm as he tried to throw, forced an incompletion there. Run play goes away from him. Excellent effort to chase him down, one yard shy of a first down after a gain a four there in that same Michigan game. Um, so Zach Harrison, to me, a ton of effort that you're going to get out of him, and you have to love that. Um, if you're a team that's looking for, um, looking for that defensive end, And, uh, you know, that's going to be able to make some plays coming off the edge for you. I look at the Broncos. Yeah, they signed Zach Allen in free agency, but they lost Sean Williams. They had already traded away Bradley Chubb. Um, I I look at that rotation. You got Allen, Randy Gregory, Baron Browning, Nick Panito along the front seven. You can put in Harrison. He's got that length. He's got that body type. He could potentially end up being a a five technique for you. You could also potentially stand him up because he's got similar size to Bradley Chubb. I, I think he just brings a different dynamic there to Denver. Um, they've got two picks there back-to-back in round number two. Uh, I'm sorry, round number three. I don't think Zach Harrison can end up being uh, one of those picks. Byron Young out of Tennessee. 6'2", 250. Explosive coming off the edge. 4'4", 3'40". With one-six-two 10-yard split. 38-inch vertical leap. 11-foot broad jump. Um, so, yes. Lightning quick, very explosive. Can get up the field in a hurry. Um, that a quick get off is one of the things that I think that's really kind of his calling card. And a guy that just knows how to get after the quarterback. I think that was one of the things that was really evident when you watched him there for the balls. Um, you know, uses his hands pretty well. Uh, you know, a little undersized. Uh, so I think that's where he's probably going to end up playing a 34 outside linebacker. 12 and a half sacks in his two seasons there at Tennessee. Also had 23-and-a-half tackles for loss, so it can make some plays behind the line of scrimmage for you. I think the Titans stay in-house, and they take this guy. Bud Dupree is off to Atlanta. Harold Landry's coming off that ACL tear. Uh, they, they picked up Arden Key, which is really a nice start to add there to that, that pass rush position, the edge rushers. Uh, Rashad Weaver is a guy that I think has shown promise as well, but they need additional help that explosiveness, if they don't go edge rusher like Nolan Smith in round number two, uh, then I, I think Byron Young at number 72 overall makes a lot of sense for them. Next on my list is going to be Andre Carter out of Army. 6'6 six, six and a half, 256 pounds. I know that he ran you know, uh, you know, 4'8, 140, I, I want to say. When you look at him, you look at his frame. 256 pounds. I, he's able to add additional weight to that frame he's gonna end up looking like a freaking monster once he gets into an nfl weight room that's really one of the things that, that is interesting about him uh, he's got this incredible length um, you know the ability to burst off the football he bends pretty well for a guy his size you know i mean it's six six and a half you know, he understands how to how to come off the edge you see the ankle flexion as well uh, flipping those hips in a hurry um, look, his production. We know it took a hit in twenty twenty two, but put on the tape as a junior, set the Army single season sack record with fifteen and a half. Um, you know, I look at it, you know a couple of teams, but I'm looking at Green Bay. Green Bay. We know that that Rashad uh, Rashad Gary tore that ACL in November. He may not be back. He may not be ready. You know, we've already mentioned that J.J. J is there with with Preston Smith. I think you could get Andre Carter. Put him in that that lineup there. He's a 34 outside linebacker. And he can push Barre for a starting spot if Gary can't go. And even if Gary is there, then I I think this is a guy that's going to really help push those two guys uh, for playing time. And, uh, man, like I said, you put him into the weight room, this guy could end up looking like an absolute beast. You just worry about the athleticism and the flexibility. But if you can maintain that and put on another, shoot, 10, 15 pounds... You know, it'll really be interesting to see what type of player you end up getting. Third, fourth round, when we're talking about uh, these ranges, Isaiah Maguire, they're out of Missouri, 6'4, 268 pounds. You know, the, the the 40 time isn't gonna be overly flashy. You know, you're gonna look at it and go, well, he ran a you know 476. You know, that's that's not overly explosive. But when you watch his game film, you know, that's one of the things you really have to tune in and watch. You do see the speed, you see the burst coming off the football, you see his ability to bend. Dips that inside shoulder, the rip move, uh, you know, coming off the edge, you see that. Um, and, and I just keep looking at my notes, rip move, rip move, rip move, splits the double team with a quick arm over, getting to the quarterback there. Uh, quickness coming downhill to, to chase down the running back, that's another thing that you absolutely see. A guy that was a stand-up rush end put his hand in the dirt a little bit as well. I think Isaiah McGuire is a guy that we're going to end up seeing come off the board. Like I said, maybe the end of round number three, round four, feels probably the right the right spot for him. But I think it'll be early on uh, the third day of the draft that we see him come off the board. Uh, Dylan Horton out of TCU, 6'4", 257. Uh, and when you talk about Dylan Horton, I think he's still raw. But you, you think about the possibilities, right? You, know, you see the length. You see this guy who's who's absolutely, you know, can be very explosive coming off that edge and uh, a guy that started his career at New Mexico, transferred to CCU prior to the 2020 season, and and this past year really was his breakout season. 15 tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks, uh, like I said, uses that length to his advantage, and really the breakout was that Michigan game. Four sacks against Michigan. And, and I think that really speaks to what you could potentially see out of out of Horton. You really see that potential come out, right? You know, he was beating Zach Zinter with an inside move, loops around. Um, you know, It really causes some chaos there in, in the backfield. Three-man rush, able to chase down J.J. McCarthy from the backside, strips him from behind as he's taking him down. Um, that's one of the things – I mean, You know, right tackle, Carson Barnhart in that same game, let him run through his gap to the inside, closes on the quarterback in a hurry, able to to get to McCarthy as he's trying to to get rid of the football. Dylan Horton has that explosiveness, and, uh, you know, you wonder where he was prior to that, obviously, um, because ten-and-a-half sacks, four of them were in one game. So before that, you're talking about six-and-a-half sacks, yeah, all right, that's okay. But again, it, it offers a glimpse into what could be with, with Dylan Horton, the developmental guy round four probably feels about right. How about Yaya Diaby out of Louisville? Six, three, two 63, ran a four five one forty at the combine. I think in terms of the speed that definitely checks out, uh, because he can be very explosive coming off the edge. We saw that quite a bit there with the Cardinals. Uh, you know, a guy that, uh you know, uses those arms to his advantage. You know, Really extends him into the tackle. Maintaining outside leverage against the run. You really love that. He can be a stand-up rusher for you. Um, stays at home backside. Uh, able to, to make some plays there. Especially on some of the misdirections. Uh, but can really uh, use that burst coming off the edge. Uses his hands to his advantage as I mentioned. Um, but with, with Yaya, um, I think he's still developing. But... Definitely an explosive guy. Um, nine sacks this past season, 14 tackles for loss. I think fourth round feels about right. I had him penciled in there to Tennessee at one point. Um, any team that's looking for a guy that could be a, either, you know, he's kind of a tweener. You know, I think he could be either an outside linebacker in a 34 defense or uh, in a traditional 4 or 3, he could put his hand in the dirt as well. So it gives you some of that scheme flexibility for sure. Uh, Thomas Nkum. Out of Central Michigan, 6'2", 262 pounds, 4'6", 40 there at the Combine. And with Nkoum, this is a dude that just knows how to get after the quarterback. I think that's one of the things that's apparent watching his film there at Central Michigan. Uh, 19 tackles for loss, 11.5 sacks, a guy that just seems to live in opponent's backfields. You know, I think that's one of the things that was really a lot of fun to see uh, when you watch Nkoum play is he's all-out effort. All the time, um, you know, attacking the the offensive lineman's hands with a variety of moves. A guy that's going to attack you to the inside. Um, if you watch him against Eastern Michigan, he was just throwing uh, the right tackle aside, taking inside rushes and being able to get after the quarterback. You also saw a tremendous effort. Um, Samson Evans busted off for a big run, and there's Nkun chasing him 42 yards down the field. Ultimately, was shoved out by the safety, but the effort was impressive so the sack artist is the guy that's also showing you tremendous effort getting down the field you know i thought that was something that was really interesting uh, mike morris out of michigan 6'5 275 you know the four nine five forty at the combine you know really what is he i think is really the biggest question mark right i mean he they were t- touting him as you know 293 pounds he comes in at 275 so i think he really what he's looking to be is a-34 outside linebacker slimmed down a bit, which I think is, is needed. You want to see more of that explosiveness out of him. Um, can get those inside pass rushes. Uses that length to his advantage. Slowed up by some injuries, but uh, I think what you have with Mike Morgan, or I'm sorry, Mike Morris, is he really put himself on the map this year as a guy that can get after the quarterback. Um, you know, 11 tackles for loss, but seven and a half sacks. And this was a guy that I, I think really started the year strong. Right, had a stretch there in the middle of the season where he was really getting after the quarterback. He had sacks in uh, five of six games. Uh, you know, two against Iowa, but uh, finished the last three games without a single sack. Uh, you know, that was against Nebraska, Ohio State, and, and then TCU just had two two tackles there against the Horn Frogs in that game, just one in, in, against Nebraska, one against the Buckeyes really kind of disappeared a little bit, um, so obviously that can be concerning, a guy that's just going to disappear from games, um, but I, I, again, a guy that I think he's still pretty raw, developmental type, um, but a guy that I, I can see coming off the board in round four, to me, both he and uh, Dylan Horton are guys that can beat round four round five, um But the athleticism, the traits are absolutely there. The length are things you have to get excited about. In round number five, I'm looking at K.J. Henry out of Clemson. 6'4", 251, 4'6", 340 at the Combine. A guy that, uh, man, he loves to attack the inside. Inside moves um, were something that I noticed out of K.J. Henry quite a bit. A guy that really loves to get after the quarterback. Uh, Pretty productive player. Uh, 28 tackles for loss, 13 sacks. A guy that's going to really play the run very well. Um fifth round feels about right because he's I think further along as a run defender than he is as a pass rusher. Nick Herbig out of Wisconsin 6'2", 240 really short arms 31 and a quarter inch arms ran a 4.65 there at the at the combine though 240 pounds he was playing around 225 230 so he was able to bulk up and so that that really bode well for him. But uh, I ultimately think fifth round feels about right. I think he's gonna have to end up playing off ball uh, linebacker when when it's all said and done. But look, all it was was production there at Wisconsin: 36 tackles for loss, 21 sacks, including 11 this past season. If you think about linebackers coming out of out of Wisconsin, edge rushers, obviously you think of guys like like Zach Bond or uh, Vince Beagle. Joe Schobert was a you know, middle linebacker, but you know the production was absolutely there. Uh, you know, if you want to get into just linebackers, period, Chris Borland, uh, Chris Orr, Jack Sanborn, uh, guys that are just really good football players, very well coached, and uh, Herbig is no exception there. Uh, Tavius Robinson out of Mississippi, 6'6", 257. Um, tremendous size. Runs a four six six forty. 6'40". Uh, this is another guy that I think when you talk about development, Uh, a guy that I think can only continue to get better and is one of those things to bear. Depending on where he goes, this is a guy that has the potential to really explode at the next level. 13 tackles were lost, 10.5 sacks, got better and better each and every year there with uh, the Rebels, including six sacks this past season. He's one of those guys to keep an eye out for. Fifth, sixth round, but uh, a guy that a developmental piece that you're really going to be happy with. You know, a guy that I think will get into that rotation and uh, eventually, you know, into a starting spot. Uh, how about uh, Habakuk Baldonado? There, out of out of Pittsburgh, six four two fifty one. Look, four seven eight forty. There at the combine. This guy, though, he's really raw, right? Uh, Italian kid, uh, played football in Italy before finally coming over to the states. Uh, and when you watch him play there at, at Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, 2021 was really the big year for him, right? 12 tackles for loss, 9 sacks, 41 tackles from the defensive end position. Uh, 2022, really kind of a down year. Only played in 9 games. Just 5 tackles for loss, 2 sacks. Um, you know, a raw player, a guy that I think is is athletic, plays with, with good power as well. But uh, he just needs time to develop that's really the biggest thing more than anything else so fifth sixth round feels probably about right for Baldonado Um, with Ali Gay out of LSU he's 6'6 263 34 and a quarter inch arm so the length is something that really jumps out A guy that knows how to how to get his hands up in the passing lane but a guy that I I don't think he's overly explosive the production just isn't there, just seven sacks and three seasons there with the Tigers. I know just played in four games there in 2021, but you wanted to see a little bit more out of him. He just left you wanting more, and that's obviously the, the biggest concern, a guy that I think can play well against the run. Um, but Ali Gay, fifth, sixth round, you know, all these guys with a ton of length, but the production are, are some of the things that, that really kind of scare you a little bit. Then you get to a guy like Nick Hampton out of Appalachian State. 6'2", 236, you know, an undersized guy, runs that four-five-eight forty. 8'40". Um, I honestly thought he was going to run a little bit faster time because when you watch him play, the play speed, um, he plays much faster than even that four-five-eight forty, um, which isn't bad for a linebacker. But, again, I thought he was going to run a little bit faster. 40 tackles for loss, 26 and a half sacks, uh, four pass breakups, six forced fumbles in his career there with the Mountaineers there out of App State. And uh, look, 2021, again, was a huge year for him. 17 and a half tackles for loss, 11 sacks. Um, You love the explosiveness. You love his ability to to just bend the edge and come off. Um, You know, he's going to be a 34 outside linebacker. I think there's no question about that. But uh, when I look at at his game, I I think fifth round probably feels about right. I think that's where we should probably pencil him in. Um, He actually has a decent bull rush. You know, that speed to power, able to drive some guys back. But I think the biggest thing for him is being able to get off blocks. You know, it's one thing to sit there and put two hands into the chest and drive a guy back with a good bull rush. You know, that may affect the quarterback, may end up getting him outside the pocket. But then, you know, you want him to be able to finish as well. If he can't get off the block, that's going to be an issue. I think, you know, shedding blocks, getting engulfed, those are going to be issues that you're going to see with Nick Hampton. D.J. Johnson there out of Oregon, 6'4", 260 pounds, surprisingly ran a four five nine forty, one five nine ten 159, 10-yard split. I was not expecting him to be as fast as he was. Uh, but with D.J. Johnson, you know, this is a guy that uh, played a bunch of different positions. He was defensive end, was a linebacker, played a tight end. Uh, this past season, eight and a half tackles for loss, six sacks. A guy who I think is, is pretty fun to watch, really. Um, of that versatility of 2020 at that tight end position 10 receptions 113 yards three touchdowns you know just had a nose for the end zone um, but a guy that I think really the future is going to be as that edge rusher fifth sixth round developmental type still learning that position but I, I think there's there's some potential there for him now Jose Ramirez out of East Car- eastern Michigan right 6'2 242 pounds Runs a four-seven-three forty, which wasn't overly explosive, but then he pulls out this six-nine-five three cone drill, uh, you know, showing the ability to really bend and uh, runs a four-three short shuttle, which was the fastest of all the guys there at the combine. And uh, look, when you talk about his production, you know, there are some guys there at, at Eastern Michigan that uh, you know, Patrick O'Connor has played in in the league. But uh, obviously, the guy that everyone wants to talk about is Max Crosby. And Jose Ramirez has more sacks than any of them 20 and a half sacks, including 12 this past season, 19 and a half tackles for loss, 33 total tackles for loss in his career, seven pass breakups, five forced fumbles. And look, you know, at EMU, he's not going to get the hype. I, mean, I think that's what happened with with Max Crosby. He fell all the way to round number four. Um, so I, I think with Jose Ramirez, when I look at him, uh, you know, he's got a really really slight lower body, um, pretty skinny lower frame. Um, so you know that's another thing that I think teams are going to be be scared of a little bit. You know in terms of you know hey we got to put some more weight on this kid. But man, when he was lining up at the wide nine as a speed rusher, uh, you know it was countering underneath, but you saw the quick slap and rip, dipping the inside shoulder. Bending, current turning the corner, getting to the quarterback in a hurry, um, I, the speed, speed rush, ability to bend, ability to change directions, you know, and those, that's really what shows up there. You know, like that three cone drill and, and the short shuttle. But look, he's not going to be asked to run a forty, a four seven three. The short bursts are really what what his calling card are. Uh, are, are you know the calling card is going to be there at the next level. Um, you know, a guy that. Did a good job also against the run, able to get up the field in a hurry and uh, affect the run, force guys back to the inside, not necessarily setting the edge against the the, the defensive end, but a guy that was able to beat his man off the ball, get penetration, and really disrupt the run play. So I I think Jose Ramirez is a guy that is is really intriguing for me. Um, Sixth round feels about right, maybe come off the board in round number five, but again, He's a dude that's really a lot of fun to watch. Um I look at Caleb Murphy out of Ferris State, 63 254, ran a 48140. Nothing to really write home about. But when you look at what he did at Ferris State after transferring from uh Grand Valley State, it's very impressive. Didn't play in 2020 uh because obviously the season was canceled, but as a junior, 14 and a half sacks, 21 ta- and a half tackles for loss, but as a senior, at a Ferris State, he was given the 2022 10 Hedricks Award, which is given to the top defensive end. Why? Well, the dude had uh, 93 tackles, 25 and a half sacks, uh, 39 tackles for loss. I mean, just video game type numbers coming off the edge. Now, obviously playing at Ferris State, the athleticism, you know, he was the man among boys, and he didn't really have to worry about technique so much, so that raw, the rawness to his game, you look at the sixth, seventh round potentially, but look, you know John Kaminsky coming out of Charleston. Um, you know I, I think that really, you know he came off the board in round four. So when I look at at Murphy, I think anywhere between fourth and sixth round. It just really depends on on which team gets excited for him. We know the Lions were excited about Kaminsky. and we see what kaminsky has been able to do. He's re-signed with them after four sacks this past season. Shoot, I, I, I could see Caleb Murphy coming off the board in round four. I, I really could. Uh, play speed is much faster than that 40 time um, he's a guy to, to keep an eye out for that's for sure in um, round number 6 uh, towards the end of the 6th the round potentially possibly even into round number 7 O'Shawn Mathis out of Nebraska 6'5", 250, 35 and a quarter inch arms really long arms 4'7", 4'40", I think the biggest thing with O'Shawn Mathis is you know he never really lived up to uh, that potential right? at, at TCU In 2020, 12 and a half tackles for loss and eight sacks. And then final two seasons, you know, 2021 at TCU, transferred to Nebraska, uh, nine tackles for loss, five and a half sacks. Really didn't um, – did he peak in 2020? Obviously, that's going to be a concern as you're looking at things. Um, He's one of those guys that's kind of a mystery. He could very easily not get drafted uh, because, you know, there's just some question marks to his game. But you love the length, so that's why I think there's a chance that we do see him get drafted late. Round 7, I think that's really where uh, where Viliami Fajoko out of San Jose State is going to come off the board. 6'4", 276 pounds, the reigning Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year, and and when you watch Fajoko play, he's just a guy that's really a lot of fun uh, to watch because there's a lot of power in in his hands, the motor, he plays with his hair on fire, and look, 47 tackles for loss. 23 sacks, also five forced fumbles in his career. And with Bohoko, I think you see some of the explosiveness as well. Um, power in his hands coming off the edge. You know, he'll start the rush to the outside, doesn't stay blocked, watches the quarterback step it up in the, pl- in the pocket, loops back around to the inside to get after the quarterback. Uh, really a nice push-pull to get around the corner, can bend a little bit. You see some ankle flexion to him. Um, can disrupt the run at the, at the line of scrimmage, uh, cut down the running backs there, pretty twitchy athlete. And uh, a guy, I just, I look at him coming out of San Jose State, I, I think sixth round is probably the ceiling there, more likely the seventh round. But look, he's been a lot of fun to watch. I think he's a guy that could stick on an NFL roster. Uh, Tyler Lacey out of Oklahoma State, 6'4", 279, um, you know, obviously the five one one forty. 140, not nearly as fast as he would have liked. Um, this is a guy that I think is a, you know, predominantly a run defender, a guy that can take on multiple blockers. Really, he's a guy that can kick inside to defensive tackle. Um, I think his best year was 2021, 11 and a half tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, has 11 and a half sacks in his career, but 30 tackles for loss. You know, like I said, there's power in his hands to drive his guys back. He can hold the point of attack. A guy that can shed blocks, get into the backfield, make plays behind the line of scrimmage. That's really what, what Tyler Lacey's game is going to be. Isaiah Land out of Florida A&M, 6'3", 236, 4'6", 240 uh, at the Combine. This is a dude that is, is very explosive. He's going to be a 34 outside linebacker, come off the edge. Um, and look, you know, at FAMU, 2021 was really a banner year for him. Buck Buchanan Award winner to the national, give it to the national defensive player of the year. Had 19 sacks to lead the FCS, 25 and a half tackles for loss. Very explosive coming off the edge. Dude had five sacks against South Carolina State, which was a, a FAMU single game record. Recorded one and a half sacks in six games, two and five games, three and three games. Uh, you know, in, in that season, a guy who again, he's going to be incredibly explosive. He's definitely a a linebacker coming off the edge, Um, but a guy that definitely knows how how to get after the quarterback. In uh, 2022, seven and a half sacks to his credit to go along with 11 and a half tackles for loss. I think teams really tried to key in on him, but you love the explosiveness. I think there's still some development that needs to be made. You know, he's kind of undersized, if you will, as an edge rusher, 6'3, 236. Um, But again, a, a guy that I'm pulling for, I think he could very well end up sticking here. You know, you look at, at James Houston the fourth, what he was able to do, I think he, this guy could be a, a similar prospect. Uh, speaking of guys coming from smaller schools, BJ Thompson out of uh, Stephen F. Austin, 6'6", 238 pounds, this a guy who has tremendous length and a guy that can really bend coming off the edge. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at him, uh, a guy I believe I want to say that he had... Uh, 18 sacks in his career um, really a, a not only is he explosive coming off the edge but he has a really nice spin move we saw that time and time again there at the east west shrine bowl in the one-on-one matchups I was able to get my hand on some of the vi- uh, my hands on some of the videos and that's really one of the things that you saw with bj uh, a, a guy that i think could come off the board in round six round seven probably feels about right though um same goes for lonnie phelps out of kansas 6'2", 244 pounds. Runs a four-five-five forty at the combine. And with Lonnie Phelps, you know, I, I, again, he's going to be a uh, a work in progress. You know, he, he's a, a guy that's going to be a developmental player, but definitely has has some traits that a teams are going to be looking for. Uh, I thought he was going to actually come back to Kansas. Decided to come out. Uh, a guy that can play with his hand in the dirt and also come off off the edge as a three-four outside linebacker. I think his lack of overall size will end up. Um, having him come off off the edge standing up you know being able to play in space uh two other guys i don't know that they're going to get drafted robert beale jr out of georgia and you know, we know the athleticism is there he's 6'4 247 4'4", but still very raw still a guy that i think is is uh continuing his development i just i look at his his gameplay and uh he's just not there yet you know um uh, tackles for loss 10 sacks in his career Um, 6.5 of those uh, came in 2021 this past season just didn't see him take that that next step that next level jump a guy that saw a lot of action we just didn't see him uh, closing the deal you wanted to see number 33 there uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs uh, making plays and you just didn't see enough of that out of him Um, so that's really a concern but the athleticism the traits could end up getting himself drafted late. And then MJ Anderson out of Iowa state. You know, I think you see the physicality that's apparent 6'2, 269 pounds. Um, definitely a guy that, that is heavy handed. Um, you know, obviously when you look at, at Iowa state, everyone was talking about will, will McDonald, people weren't thinking about MJ Anderson, But a guy that you we know, started his career there at Minnesota um, came to, to the cyclones in 2022, nine tackles for loss just three and a half sacks but a, a guy that i think known more so for playing the run and so like tyler Lacey, these are guys that i think could get drafted in around seven they also may not hear their name called you know i think that's really where we're at with, with those guys um, two other guys to mention brenton cox jr out of florida you know he was he was let go by florida um off-field issues is he gonna get drafted or not because of that? 6'4, 250, ran a 48, 240 at the combine. Um, you know, you're expecting a little bit more explosiveness out of him. I love the hands. I thought very violent hands, uh, able to come off his blocks and and make you know make some plays behind the line of scrimmage, be disruptive behind the line. I just wonder if you know the character issues are really gonna turn teams off. I think that's really uh, something that teams are gonna to have to keep an eye out for. Um Kenna and Ichuku, they're out of rice. 6'4, 264, uh, another guy that has tremendous length, another guy who's also going to be very raw. And so that's really the biggest thing that you're going to be talking with him is do you want to use a draft pick on this kid um, as a developmental piece, or do you want to bring him in as a priority free agent? Uh, 23 tackles for loss, 10.5 sacks in his career there with the Owls. Um, I think the athleticism is intriguing, but I don't know that I'm necessarily going to even use a seventh round pick on him. I just don't know that I'm there. Uh, Tyrus Wheat out of Mississippi State. He's 6'2", 263 pounds, ran a four-six-five forty. 5'40". This was a guy that, again, another guy that I think is going to be a an undrafted free agent, priority free agent when it's all said and done. Uh, but a guy that, uh, look, 25.5 tackles for loss, 17 sacks. was pretty consistent. One of the leaders there for the Bulldogs. I just, you know, you look at the athletic profile, and uh, I, I just think there are guys that are better Coming off the edge, than Tyrus Weed is, um, so he's he's another guy that I think will end up being a priority free agent when it's all said and done. Some people have him coming off the board sixth, seventh round. I just don't know that I'm that I'm there yet with him. So in terms of the guys that I know or feel comfortable from an edge perspective that uh, are likely to get drafted, um, you know, we're talking about all in. Let's see. You're talking probably right around 30 to 35 edge rushers coming off the board in this year's draft. You know that it's very deep. You know, we know this um, when, when I look at just how many guys can come off the board in the first two days of the draft. If we include Isaiah McGuire, who I think is that tweener, third, fourth round. Um, you know, you're talking about 17 edge rushers that that could very well hear their names called. In the first two days of the draft, I mean that's 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 insane, and uh, you know obviously you started off with, with as many as you know five for sure, but then that second group you could see one maybe even two guys come off the board uh, there at the end of round number one. Um, you know I've got as many as as you know did you really see eight. Come off the board in round three i don't think so i think there are going to be a couple of those guys that end up getting left out that fall to round number three and teams are going to be really happy with the the draft value that they get with these guys there in in the third round um you know it's just you know you, you've got a little bit of everything with this group right you've got the the guys that are explosive coming off the edge guys that use their hands very well you see the power the the, the speed uh speed to power with a lot of them um, the length for days um guys that are very adept at setting the edge against the run you've got guys that are are backside great at backside pursuit guys that that can be multiple um, guys you know they, they started taking the these edge rushers and they started moving them around all over the fields where they're even shooting through the a gap as a stand-up rush linebacker uh, the versatility with, with this group is, is very very intriguing I think you've got a lot of guys here that have a ton of potential at the next level could be starters uh, you know could be stars when, when it's all said and done uh, you know and really i think you have that potential in all three days of the draft it's going to be fun to see where these guys go the situations I think some of these guys have a chance to start right away or make an impact right away it really just depends on the situation where they come in how they're going to be used um, the coaches that are going to be in there like I said I think Lucas Venice and Ryan Nielsen that's a match made in heaven you let Ryan Nielsen develop this kid he could turn into an absolute monster so the right situation with these guys I think makes a ton of sense Will Anderson Jr. to me elite pass rusher. If I'm D'Amico Ryans, if I have any hesitance with, with these quarterbacks, if Bryce Young is number one overall, then go with your gut, go with your you know with your edge rusher. You had that success with Nick Bosa. When you were a linebacker with the Houston Texans yourself, you had JJ Watt coming off the edge there for you as well get your guy, get your edge rusher, get Will Anderson Jr., and then worry about that quarterback position. You know, If I'm Nick Casario, then you start working the phones, try to get back into the top 10 to get one of those quarterbacks or potentially stay put and get one of those quarterbacks who happens to slide down in the draft. We see it every single year. You know, we thought Justin Fields was going to be a bona fide top 10 pick. He slides to number 11 to the Bears. Houston sitting there at number 12. Could we see a Will Levis slide to number 12 if houston's satisfied with will levis not at number two but at number 12 then hey that that could make some sense so it's really going to be a lot of fun um, obviously the intrigue really starts there at the number two overall pick if bryce young goes number one overall uh, and i think that's really the expectation at this point is that they'll pull the trigger with bryce young and uh you'll know, see where they can go from there and uh, if on the off chance. David Tepper and company look at Anthony Richardson and say, "You know what? Anthony Richardson could be the next Cam Newton in this organization." Then there's a, a chance that Bryce Young goes number two overall, which then means Will Anderson goes three to the Cardinals, and then you've got Tyree Wilson. Does he go to Seattle, or is that where Jalen Jalen Carter goes? Does he go to the Lions, or is that where Devin Witherspoon goes? Does he go to the Raiders? Or is that where Christian Gonzalez goes because we know the Raiders don't have a number one corner and then the Falcons. Tyree Wilson being coached up by Ryan Nielsen could be a scary thing. The question then is going to be, where does Lucas Van es go? If I'm Houston, if I am D'Amico Ryan, I look at Lucas Van es and say, this guy could beat my J.J. Watt. I may need to trade up to get him. If the Bears are sitting there at 9 and the Bears want to trade down, man, after Atlanta picks, I get on the phone with Ryan Poles. I try to get up there to number 9 and get Lucas Van Ness. So let's go ahead and wrap up this podcast. Next one here in the next day or so is going to be on the defensive tackles. Obviously, we know Jalen Carter is really the prize of that position group. But then after that, you've got three other guys. Where do they come off the board? Are they round one? Are they round two? Kalijah Cansey, the undersized explosive defensive tackle. You've got Brian Brisee. When he's healthy, this is a guy that can get up the field, make some plays, can be very strong at the point of attack as well. And then you've got Mozzie Smith out of Michigan, uh, a guy that is tremendously physical and strong at the point of attack, but a guy that also shows off some surprising athleticism for a guy his size. Those are the four guys that I'm really looking forward to talking about here because obviously they all have the potential to come off the board on day one. If any of them slide to day two, then a team is getting an absolute steal, in my opinion. Um, I think there may be a couple of those guys sliding to day two. Uh, but really, then the next question is, is what do we have in terms of depth? That's what I want to explore. And that's really what, we, what we're we going to talk through, is just how many guys are going to come off the board on the first two days of the draft. How many guys are going to hear their name, names called on day three? We'll get into that here in the next day or so. Until next time, for ready for draft.com. This has been the ready for the draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg shoots. Take care everyone. Enjoy your week. Countdown to the draft is on. And until next time I am out of here.